0: Greetings and welcome. I'm Jane Barton, and this is Cardinal Musings, a podcast focused on the issues of paramount importance as we age, what I call cardinal concerns. So grab a cup of coffee, settle into your favorite chair. It's time to chat. So here we are. 13 months into the covid dance and today i'm curious how are you i don't say this as a mere pleasantry i truly want to reflect on how you are so don't give me the casual flippant response of oh i'm fine i've been there and done that myself now i want to take a deep dive and chat about our collective longing to feel normal once again you do remember normal right normal our standard, usual, typical, and or expected way of life that far too many of us took for granted before COVID reached our shores last year. Normal, the routine, the mundane, the known, and therefore the somewhat boring rhythm of our days. Normal, a way of being that most of us would give our eye teeth for right now. Oh my gosh, normal never sounded so good. Now, it's not surprising that we're longing for a return to some level of normalcy. Reflecting on our collective experience of the past year, it seems surreal, beyond belief, incomprehensible, and certainly heartbreaking. Life is almost unrecognizable. Plans of all kinds have been derailed. Every facet of life, personally and professionally, has changed in some way. Think about it. We're working from home, learning how to live in the back pocket of those with whom we share a residence, which means we're renegotiating roles and responsibilities, designing new rules of engagement, competing for needed bandwidth to Zoom with colleagues, clients, schools, and friends. We're learning how to conduct business virtually. And then there's the daily challenge of dealing with physical isolation and chronic loneliness. To further compound our stress and anxiety, every day we're attempting to deal with the uncertainty of our current situation. When will this end? How will it end? And where is this distressing journey taking us? Such is the nature of this challenging and frightening life transition. But we need not despair. There is hope. Hope derived by understanding the process of change. Now, you know me, I'm a firm believer that knowledge is power. So let's become more knowledgeable about change and the subsequent time of transition. This is truly a lifelong cardinal concern. If we pull back and consider our current predicament from the 30,000-foot perspective, our reaction to the global pandemic and our ache to return to normal is completely understandable, if not predictable. Granted, that doesn't make it any easier. However, realizing why we feel the way we feel today may inform how or if we choose to move forward. When COVID-19 was declared a global pandemic, we experienced a massive collective change. Change by definition means that something ends, a way of life, a relationship, a job, a routine, good health, hope, a season. You get the idea. And when something ends, we experience a sense of loss. And the natural reaction to loss is grief. So we're not only dealing with a viral pandemic, we're also confronting a global pandemic of grief. Furthermore, in the aftermath of this seismic change, we're struggling to figure out how to move from what was to what will be. And the space and time between these two endpoints is referred to as a transition by William Bridges, an expert in the field of organizational change. Now, if you're like most people, you dislike change of any sort because change is destabilizing. Change shakes things up. But if you think about it, what we really get twitchy about is the transition after change this is the time when everything seems uncertain, unfamiliar, and unknown. So we feel like the props have been knocked out from under us, hence the shaky feeling. Destabilized, we struggle to regain our balance and composure, but it's not easy when frightened and grieving. And to make the transitional time even more daunting, this is when the question, now what, slaps us in the face dazed and confused, we initially struggle to respond because we have no idea where to go from here. Understanding the relationship between change and transition, let's consider our current situation. Although we've made some progress in our individual and collective transitions over the past year, I catch myself occasionally looking back over my shoulder and wishing for pre-COVID times. And I'm far from alone. Many folks are looking back to what was. I hear friends, colleagues, clients, and news anchors saying, I can hardly wait to go back to normal. This is only to be expected. We want to go back to the known, to a time in which we had a bit more control, or at least the illusion of control. We prefer those stretches of the journey when our basic assumptions of life were proven to be valid most days a time of greater certainty basically we're longing to feel normal once again but the sad reality is this there is no going back such is the nature of change big and small remember change by definition means something ends what was is no longer possible Consequently, our options are somewhat limited in the aftermath of change, in how to proceed. So if we can't go back, now what? Well, the first option is to stand our ground. Resist adapting to our changed circumstances. Although being a wee bit self-righteous and raging against the fates may feel good initially, this posture doesn't serve us well. Bottom line, change happened. And if we refuse to adapt, life will flow around us and move on without us. The second option, we can become paralyzed by fear in the aftermath of change. Fear of the unknown, feeling uncertain, can become our greatest disability. If unable and unwilling to courageously confront our fears, life will leave us in the dust. But do not despair, my friends. There is a third option, which is life-giving and life-changing. When knee-deep in the aftermath of change, we can lift our eyes to the horizon and choose to be fascinated instead of frightened. We can choose to focus on what will be instead of what was. We can choose to believe that a new normal is possible, a new normal that we can embrace, savor and actually enjoy. And we can choose to do everything within our power to create that new normal, a new normal that we all desperately need and want. Now I know this is no small task, to find the courage to look to the future, to envision a new way of being, and to create that new normal. And I appreciate the allure of the known, what was. Our previous way of being was the status quo, our comfort zone. So when it feels as if our world has been turned upside down and nothing seems the same, we long to go back. We hunger for a morsel of normalcy. I learned this at a very young age. Perhaps this is best explained by sharing a story. (laughs) There are moments over the course of a lifetime when the trajectory of our journey is forever changed, for better or for worse. Even decades later, we can recall those moments with uncanny clarity. For me, such a moment occurred on a sunny spring day in West Texas. I was 15 years old. My dad and I were standing in the living room. I remember the sunlight coming through the windows. My cat rubbed up against my legs, as if to remind me that I was not alone. Looking at my dad, I was shocked to see how old and tired he appeared. When did that happen, and why? He didn't seem sure of himself. He refused to look at me. Instead, his gaze focused on some distant point over my shoulder. I can't remember anything he said in that moment except the word, "'Cancer.'" My mom had breast cancer. Even at that relatively young age, I realized instantly my life had changed forever. Granted, I didn't fully appreciate the implications of cancer for myself or my family. Thank goodness. I doubt I could have handled knowing what the next eight and a half years would entail. But I did recognize in that moment what I had lost. I had lost my childhood. I was launched into adulthood instantaneously, ill-prepared to tackle the challenges of a terminal disease. On an unremarkable spring day in West Texas, one word changed my life forever. Normal was a distant memory. In the years that followed, my family pulled together to confront the various trials and tribulations encountered along the way. We also came together to savor the essence of life, celebrating the simple yet sacred moments. When you know that time is limited, every second of every day takes on greater significance. Throughout the highs and lows, the various twists and turns, I learned so much about life, lessons that continue to serve me well. One such lesson occurred four to five years into our journey with cancer. By then, the cancer had metastasized to mom's lungs and liver. She opted for aggressive chemotherapy in the hope that it would buy her a little more time. So every three weeks, mom received an infusion of drugs that made her violently ill for 72 hours. This was our routine for one year, one of the longest years of my life. Keep in mind that this was back in the 1970s. We didn't have infusion centers. The side effects of chemo were not well controlled, and patients and families were not well prepared or well equipped to deal with the consequences of chemo. Looking back, I wonder how in the world we made it through that year. In like fashion, I marvel at the life-enhancing, life-enriching insights gained, despite or perhaps because of our difficulties. Those were the moments that served to support and sustain us. In the aftermath of a particularly rough chemo treatment, I experienced such an insight. Mom and I were sitting on the couch in our den. My mom was leaning against me. Over the past 72 hours, we'd been through the ringer. We were both emotionally and physically exhausted. As her caregiver and her daughter, I had been by her side the entire time. We were through the worst of the physical side effects of the treatment, but the emotional pain lingered. Looking out the windows into our backyard, we realized it was a glorious spring day, a day under normal circumstances, when my mom would be outside soaking up the sun, savoring the blue Texas skies, and digging in the dirt. Mom loved her flowers. She loved working in the yard. Sitting together, I could sense Mom's overwhelming sadness. She rarely complained or whined over the course of eight years of surgeries, chemotherapy, and radiation treatments. But that day, it was her longing for the simplest of things that prompted her to declare, I just want to feel normal again. As tears streamed down her face, I desperately wanted to fix her life. I wanted to give her normal again. So I asked her, What does normal look like, Mom? What would make you feel normal again? As she gently touched my cheek, she said quietly, I just want to dig up some dandelions. I want to pull some weeds. That's all. And with that said, We sat on the couch looking out on her gardens, both crying because we knew that version of normal was no longer possible. My mom was longing to go back to the life she had known and absolutely loved before the diagnosis of cancer changed all of our lives. But as I noted in the introduction of this episode, in the aftermath of change, what was cannot be reclaimed. Such is the nature of change. Fast forward 40 years. I can now focus on the blessings of that day instead of the obvious heartbreak. I learned so much sitting with my mom and seeing life through her eyes. First and foremost, I realized that normal is underrated and underappreciated. My mom was yearning to reclaim the simple yet sacred things in her life the activities and the day-to-day routines that gave her a sense of meaning, purpose, fulfillment, and joy. Most people wouldn't think twice about pulling weeds, but in that moment, pulling weeds symbolized all of the normal activities that were no longer possible. So the second lesson learned is that during the chaotic and frightening transitions of life, It's the simplest of things that provide sustenance, stability, and support. For me, that would include sipping coffee and witnessing the dawn of a new day, listening to my cat purr and my dog snore, feeling the warmth of the sun on my face as I walk through my neighborhood, or watching the butterflies dance from flower to flower in my gardens. These simple, life-giving, normal occurrences in my life, allow me to navigate the problematic transitions in the aftermath of change. So today, whenever I need a dose of normalcy to calm the rolling seas of transition, the image of my mom digging up dandelions and grinning from ear to ear bubbles up from deep within my soul. Simple yet sacred. Simple yet sustaining, stabilizing, and supportive. No wonder we long for normal. Lesson learned, Mom. Today, if you're longing for normal, rest assured you're not alone. The entire world is longing for normal at this point. We're over the COVID dance. We're exhausted. We're frustrated. We're impatient. We're grieving. We're done. But moving from anything but normal times to the possibility of a new normal doesn't just happen. We have a responsibility, individually and collectively, to create and craft our new normal. I've been thinking about this for quite some time, since December last year, actually. In anticipation of the new year, I heard and read the pervasive desire to shut the book on 2020 and dive into 2021. Let's just leave 2020 behind us and move on to bigger and better things. That was the chorus being chanted from various corners of the world. Granted, I'm ready to embrace a new way of being as well. But 2020 happened. And we all paid a very high price over the past year, personally and professionally. So let's not ignore the lessons we learned along the way. Let's not miss the opportunity to apply what we learned as we imagine and create our new normal. If we fail to do so, it will just be another loss to add to our already long list of losses. Furthermore, the failure to learn from this historic moment in time eliminates the chance to evolve, to grow, and to be transformed in potentially beneficial and life-giving ways. Now is not the time to be oblivious to this opening and invitation. It's not the time to be so wedded to the past, to what was, that we're unable to dream about what might be. Rather, now is the time to lean into life to embrace this transitional time, and to imagine a life that we love. Then, it's time to get busy bringing that dream to life. If we're honest with ourselves and each other, what was our previous normal was far from perfect. In fact, everything we've endured over the past year served to illuminate many of the persistent failings and foibles of our society the inequities within our health care system, our political system, our financial system. As a country, we're struggling with the various isms that serve to separate and to divide, isms that denigrate the other. If we have learned nothing else during this tumultuous time, surely we've come to realize this essential truth. We are all together in this, and we are better together. And the actions of one affect all. As human beings, we're inextricably linked, for better or for worse. Consequently, I bear a responsibility to behave, to act in ways that are mutually beneficial. It's not just about me. It's about we. Furthermore, over the past year, we've been reminded that we can't control everything that happens in this life. I know, not welcome news since most of us love to be in control. However, keep this in mind. We retain the freedom to choose a response when life happens. We are in control of our response. And our chosen response determines the trajectory of our life from that point forward. So where do we go from here? What will our new normal look like? Will we seek the path of least resistance and fall back into previous patterns of behavior and thinking, the comfortable known? Or will we seize this opportunity to transform our existence in needed and desired ways? It's been an excruciating year by all standards, but we need not be victims of our circumstances. Individually and collectively, we can work to create a new normal that serves us well, And I am longing for that day. I am longing for a new normal. So I need to get busy and do everything I can in my little corner of the world to make that happen. So what about you? What does your new normal look like? What does the future hold for you, for your loved ones, for the world? And what part do you choose to play in creating a new normal that serves us well? If you care to share, send me an email or post a comment regarding this podcast. Let's learn from each other. Let's inspire each other. Let's cheer each other on. Let's be motivated by our common longing for normal in order to collaboratively create an extraordinary future for one and all. Let's make that our new normal. May it be so. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you heard something of benefit. I also offer virtual programs and reflections on similar topics. If interested, please check out my website to review upcoming events and to read my blog at cardinallife.com. Send any questions, comments, or suggestions to my email, msn.com. I look forward to musing with you again in the very near future about other cardinal concerns. Till then, take good care and remember to enjoy the moment. Blessings to you and yours.